I'm Andrew Levine, CEO of Coinos Group, inventors of Coinos, the blockchain with no fees. And I'm Adam, founder of GFAM, a platform that completely decentralizes earnings for content creators. And this is our decentralized future, where we talk about issues and interview people on the cutting edge of technology with the goal of helping prepare you for the decentralized future that we see coming. That's also why we couldn't be happier that our first outside guest on the show is none other than Agrod, one of the creators of Splinterlands. Agrod and his co-founder, Matthew Rosen, and their amazing team have spent years figuring out how to build and scale a decentralized game that is just as rewarding for their users as it is for themselves. So Agrod, maybe you could start by telling us how things are going with the games and how you even measure success? The the metric we just hit was fifty thousand daily active users, and this is a it's a personal goal for me. And the reason it's a personal goal for me is that like we signed up and we got into a Ubisoft accelerator program. And like a lot of people know, like Ubisoft is this giant video game company. And I, I was asking the guys in my program, like, at what point does Ubisoft start to care about games? Like, when when will you notice? Because there's like 8 million games out there and like they can't pay attention to all of them. So they have to have some like minimum metrics. And one of those metrics is daily active users. And he told me 50,000. So Splinterlands had been like pushing 6,000 for like this really long time. We were like fighting bots. So that number was going down, uh, but we were adding new players. So it was coming back up and we, we've just been fighting this thing. But we launched this governance token and like people are going crazy for it. And now the like number of active players is going through the roof. Uh, and I finally, I find uh, like a couple of weeks ago, we hit 25,000 and I sent him an email and I was like, Hey dude, check this out. He's like, all right, well, what, what happened? Why? And now like today we finally broke 50,000 and this has been like a year long goal for me to get here. And uh, I haven't even emailed them about it yet, but that's my, that's my plan is to finally be like, yeah, I don't even care if Ubisoft does anything with us. This is like my personal goal with this one guy that gave me some metric of like, God, if I want to be on the big league radar, that's how big I have to be. And now I'm there. Or at least, you know, Splinterlands as a company is there and I helped us do it. Well, they obviously know a thing or two about what makes a game successful. Yeah. So I think it's perfectly reasonable to use that as a guidance. And I think it, it, it's it's interesting because I think a lot of people tend to imagine that growth is this linear thing. But I think oh, in, in uh, right, not even yeah. close. No, yeah, it's it's, spurts, it's totally, right? yeah, it's quantum. Like you you hit some like new phase in your development, and you're like you popped up a ring, right? There's and it and it will happen like almost immediately because you know the the way our growth curve has gone. It took me three years, one month to go get up to a hundred thousand users, um, and, and that was on June eighteenth. By like the end of July, which is six weeks later, we were up to two hundred thousand. Uh, so it took me it took me three years to get up to one hundred thousand. It took me six weeks to get up to two hundred thousand. And before the end of August, I'll I'll pass three hundred thousand. So like, but it, just the scale of what we're doing is just astronomically bigger, and uh, and just how quickly that's happened. It, it, it's like it's broken like nearly every single server we have. You know, like we, you know, we, you plan for growth, you know, you, you like get, you do a bunch of stuff with Amazon servers, which can scale and grow, but like, you don't automatically assume, well, next month will be double what we were today. Like you can't, you can't like forensically anticipate that. So, um, so yeah, things broke and like, we keep finding all these other little weird bottlenecks in our system and we have to go through and fix everything. But 
So um, you, you couldn't have just done the last six weeks three years ago? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So much quicker. Yeah, no, it would be it would be so much better if we just designed it perfectly the first time around. But no, <laughs> we, we actually had to go do it. But even if we had, you know, like just what you need to do when you're doing like a million transactions per day is different than what you need to do for 4 million transactions per day. And some of this stuff wasn't even us. You know, we use public infrastructure and like we're built on a blockchain. You got to go use RPC nodes. And like, you know, everybody on Hive has been really good. They've been like upgrading various parts of the infrastructure to handle all the extra traffic that we're bringing in. So it's not, it's not even just us. It's like this entire blockchain has to level up because of this thing too. It's been astounding to watch. Before we get too deep in the weeds, I was wondering if you could just tell uh, the audience a little bit about yourself and then of course the game itself, because we kind of just jump right into the, the sure. success you're having now, which is awesome and we want, should talk about more. Yeah, so my, my name is Agrod. Um, I'm a PhD chemist turned blockchain entrepreneur. I'm like the business and sales side. Uh, my, the other founder of this is Matt Rosen, a really, really talented developer. And the two of us were working on projects uh, for uh, on the Steam blockchain for like marketing things uh, for blogs through Steemit. And we said, you know, it would be really good because this is right when like CryptoKitties was booming. Uh, we were like, we should go build a game. That's what Matt said to me. And I said, all right, well, that's amazing. I'm a game developer in my spare time. And I happen to have one sitting on the shelf. And so like, you know, a few months later, we actually had a functioning product. It, it wasn't a game yet. All you could do is collect cards. But that's that's the origins of uh, Splinterlands. So Splinterlands now is like this trading card game, which is built like a Hearthstone or a Magic, or like a Pokemon. Um, you buy cards, open them. Uh, and then they battle. And when they battle, you earn a whole bunch of prizes. Uh, and those prizes are NFTs or, or fungible tokens, which can all be traded on exchanges. Uh, we're, we're, we're on multiple exchanges. So Binance Smart Chain, Ethereum, Steam, Hive, Tron, uh, and the list keeps growing. You know, that's one of the, we have people that are full-time dedicated to helping us bridge out the other ecosystems. So some of that, you know, there's varying levels, but people can pay us in different cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Hive, Steam, Tron, Binance, um, like the, the BEP20, ZRC20s, just like trying to connect everybody. But we're also doing that with marketplaces. So we're one of the only projects that I know that's out there that's actually interoperable as NFTs. You can get our NFTs on uh, on OpenSea and you can also get them on Wax. Um, we've been working on a project with Flow, so hopefully our, our NFTs will be available on Flow marketplaces soon. Um, you know, Binance is rolling out their NFT stuff. Hopefully, we'll be on that in the not too distant future. So, you know, we we just and and our asset prices have exploded. You know, I, I, we we track the same metric. You know, we we call it the market cap. It's probably not even the right term, but that's what we use. And what it really is, is the list price of all the NFTs multiplied by how many of them there are. So we have like 700 unique different types of NFTs, but you know, there's millions of cards in circulation. So if you know what the lowest asking price is and you multiply by all of them, you combine it all together, um, you can get a market cap. And for like years, we were floating underneath the million. Um, and really just, just since like, uh, June, maybe July, it's been exploding. We're at $120 million for our market cap right now. And that's the cards. That's not our governance token. That's not any other tokens. That's the NFTs themselves are collectively worth $120 million. Like it's staggering to me. Just, just 
you know, people are buying this stuff like crazy. I get, I get like 3,000 new signups a day right now. I, I could, I could double check. Well, uh, yeah, I, I probably just misquoted that slightly because I, I have more than one type of signup. You know, one is just somebody that comes in and registers for the game and checks it out a little bit. And the other type is where somebody like literally comes in, starts playing, buys a spell book. And like, um, so like I, I'm in the month of August, I'm averaging 7,000 um, like new player registrations per day. And I have like nearly 3,000 who are choosing to like pay and sign up. And those numbers are astounding too, because like, I, I don't know if you guys pay much attention to like free to play games. You know, in free to play games, you might get one or 2% of people to pay and sign up and that's it. Like, if, you know, 90% of your revenue is derived by 2% of your users. And that's how free to play works. But here, you know, it's, it's not quite 50, but that number is like 40% of my users are choosing to buy the initial spell book that lets you earn and trade and collect new prizes and all this stuff. So to see, to see like 30, 40% out of the gate, like that's incredible. Like free to play games would like salivate all over that. We're 20 X what they're doing. So, you know, just as this game grows and scales and my players get to, to trade assets that are more and more valuable and we get on more exchanges and, you know, you more marketplaces and our cards are everywhere. Like my guys are thrilled. This we just every every single metric is going off the chart right now. And all we're doing is like, how do we keep the wheels on? Like I, I even stopped all active forms of growth. Like anything, anything that might be growth related, we're like, nope, can't do that. We gotta, we gotta calm this thing down. Um and and hopefully that's not long for this world because Matt has a solution for um like it's really our battles that are taking all of the resources. Uh, and so we're gonna move some of the battles off chain or part, just the battle part will be off chain, but we'll still, it's still verifiable. It's still with the keys. It's still all the, all the pieces of blockchain that we love, but just the way that we're submitting it, we're taking that piece off chain. And if we do that, then we can just scale infinitely. And so that, that's, where, that's where we're at. And it's been a hell of a ride just trying to like stay on this thing. I am interested in uh, the SPS token that was released uh, earlier this month or early last month, um, where it's kind of transformed a lot of players from players to investors, or a lot of people have come in investing in the governance token. Has that kind of ruined things a little bit? Like it's obviously been amazing for growth, but it's almost changed the mindset a little bit. Um, you know, I haven't seen that. I, I've just seen everybody get really excited about this. I mean, with governance, you just start getting ownership of how the game itself works. I mean, when this thing, you know, we just rolled this thing out like a month ago. So it's not like we're way deep into this, you know, but the, the idea is that the players themselves now have ownership of like the actual rules of the game. So, you know, we as developers put out, here is our best interpretation, our best thoughts. We help develop this. We help create it. This is what we think is right. But, you know, put it to a vote, guys. You know, a lot of this started with, like, we, we had all these tournaments. And, and in, um, in, in cryptocurrencies in general, there's basically only two complaints that I've ever found. The first one is, I want more return for my money for less work and less investment. That is, that is the number one complaint that I hear. And the second complaint is, so-and-so is a rat bastard. And those are the only two complaints. Somebody's a, a, a bastard and, you know, I want more money for less work and less investment. Um, so with, with this, you know, we're just trying to, trying to go build something that we think will empower our users, help them earn, find a way to grow, you know, like, so here's a metric, um, 
we we allow players to rent cards and in in discord i can go hop into discord and then we have a bot and that bot can tell us you know how many how many rental contracts are active uh so if i scroll in there right now uh we're we're over 250,000 rental contracts that's 250,000 nfts that are being rented to each other and that's something like five million dollars worth like if you if you aggregate that out per year like our card owners are getting paid five million dollars per year to rent out their cards like that you know i i, I own a, a a rental piece of property and like you know the ac just broke like i gotta go replace a fridge um you know the the gas company is harassing me for whatever yeah there's just stuff there's always stuff with that but if you own this card you know there's like a blockchain transaction i push a button and like the the rental stuff is all automated like there's there's markets that come in people rent the cards it's like the ultimate passive you know just send me money i, I don't, don't don't bother me with anything else just send me the money <laughs> uh, this is like the nicest passive thing ever uh, yeah you know, I, I think you um i think you shared a documentary that was on youtube about uh people in the philippines who have been playing axie um and that was like their way of earning during yeah. the pandemic so you're essentially building something as powerful as that well right so we we, we give out so many prizes in this game i, I you know I, I keep working in our development cycle is a little bit wrapped right now because everything is focused on like dealing with absurd growth but you know about a month or two ago I, I i made another genuine effort with the dev team to say let's go get a rewards page up let's show people what they're earning I mean, we've probably given out $3 million worth of stuff over the last couple of years. Uh, and that number is only going up because we're adding the, the governance token to all these like tournaments and uh, rank rewards and all that. And, and that thing floats, which means that the price can go sky high, which means that the, like what you're earning when you're playing is ridiculous. Um, so anyways, we're, we're doing all this to the best of our ability and um, just trying to trying to trying to help these guys earn and show what's possible. And all these numbers are like quadrupling now because we're putting SPS out there. And, and so with all these prizes, there's actually money to be made by the gamers. I guess that's my point is that like, you know, that dude in the Philippines that might not have access to like $10,000 to go make a high quality deck can now go find some like rich German uh, rent all of his cards. The German doesn't have any time, but this guy has time. So you, you rent some cards, you build a decent sized, like, uh, playable deck, and you're now getting paid, like, you know, more than minimum wage to go out there and win matches in a game. And it's certainly better than like working the salt mines, you know, like, um, yeah, a hundred percent. And actually, you know, a lot of these guys, like, so when I, I, we, we did a, a blockchain meetup out in Thailand. So I was like traveling around there and, you know, you have all these like little shops, right? And, and the shops are totally weather dependent. So like one day this thing, you could have like 10,000 customers come through and the next it's like, there's literally nobody there. So, you know, one of, the, one of the things about these games is that you could be sitting there at your job in your market on a crummy day and still make money. Right. So like maybe it's not everything that you're doing and maybe you don't quit your whole life. And you know, there's like a handful of streamers that are going to make it. But like most other people are not going to be able to do like a full time gig with this. But, you know, if if you can combine the spare time you have or the slow times you have with your job and make some money on the side playing a video game and, 
you know, everybody around you accepts that currency for value, you're cruising, you know, like that's, that's so much better than, you know, just sitting there bored doing nothing and still not selling things. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just earn, earn while you're earning or earn while your main business is not. With, um, when you, uh, when you said that you'll be taking some of the battles off, off chain, does that mean that you can decentralize, like people can have run their own nodes? Like, will that, that, that kind of free that actually, up? That's one of the things that we want to do with this is that, you know, like having this massive battle system all on chain makes it pretty difficult for us to figure out how are we going to go get this node working for everybody. But if we, if we do this, like that's actually one of the considerations. I can't even believe that you, that popped to mind for you because it took us a while to get there. Like, how do we even do this? But that's exactly part of this is that, you know, we, we want to eventually get to the point where we can like decentralize this whole thing. You know, it's, it's, we don't think it's a must have. It's not like we need this immediately to function. You know, there's things that we really need is like right now it's just scaling and scaling is like the number one thing is we're growing massively. Um, but, you know, as like a, a fundamental passionate group of decentralization enthusiasts, you know, that is the end goal. And so, you know, Matt's, Matt in particular has been talking about that for years and how do we make it so everybody can own their own node, you know? And so like at some point you have this governance token, you put a proposal on the governance token and, you know, you send it to the node owners to, to like update the game. And then it's like, well, who cares what Aggie and, and Matt want? This is what we want. And I, I missed this point earlier, but a lot of this started over like tournaments because like, you know, everybody's got cards at different levels. So I have to go figure out like, what's the right distribution at these different tournament levels. You know, you got to make it easy enough for new players. But if you do that, then you might just facilitate bots. So it can't just be all that. And if you, you know, if you ignore the like mega whales, you know, that, that you might just be taking off your biggest investors or your biggest like purchasers or clients. So like, it's this really complicated battle and everybody's telling me day in and day out, no, 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 make it more like this because that matches my collection. And that way I will, you know, earn more while spending less. So um, it's just been this big mess. And, you know, Matt was one day like, we should just send this to governance for a vote. And I don't, I don't know if that's the origin of our governance stuff, but like it, ever since then, we've been like, anytime that the players are complaining about something, we just think like, we should stop being the recipient and they should go argue amongst themselves of what's right and argue with stake. Come in with your stake, vote on it, let's figure it out. Uh, because, you know, we're, we're just doing the best we can, right? It, it, you know, there's no like grand scheme of I'm gonna award Jim this one extra like two tenths of a percent of dark energy crystal. You know, we're, we're just like, how do you build something that matches what we need for all these people and if, and if the stakeholders don't like it, you know, we, we've listened, we've done a whole bunch of different iterations, but, you know, that, that really involves like a ton of our time. And, and we shouldn't have to be in a position to do that. You know, this isn't like brand new code. It's just like haggling over how much money different groups should get. So just put it to a governance vote. Just you guys figure this out. We, we built the thing, you guys do. And that way we can just, you know, I, I watched Andrarchy do this with like Steenit, where Steenit kept telling people, we're not going to develop that. And I was always, uh, early on, I was like, what the hell is wrong with these people? You know, they don't even listen. But like, I, I get it. You actually have to just focus on like the absolute core things, right? You can't, you can't go beyond it. You just say, here's the core. This is what we can do that nobody else can do. 
we are the only developers on the planet ready to do this. And there's a whole bunch of market stuff and a whole bunch of this tracking stuff. Other web developers can build that. They can link to our APIs and build whatever front ends they want. But for the back end, for the main game pieces, we're the only ones, we're gonna focus on this and there's nothing I can do about it. And so, you know, like you're just in this weird position where even great ideas, you're like, that's a wonderful idea. We're not gonna get to that for at least six to eight months. I got nothing against the idea. It's great. We're gonna try to do it at some point, but that is not the priority right now. Good suggestion though. Maybe there's a third-party developer that can make it happen faster. Yeah, I, I think that highlights one of the points that I make a lot and why I wanted you to be the first per, first guest that we have uh, on the podcast um, because it, it really highlights the the idea that decentralization is, is a process. Like everybody thinks oh, of it yeah. as this binary. And I think you guys have demonstrated more than anyone else that it is a long, difficult, complicated, non-obvious process. Terrible process. Like, <laughs> like you're getting attacked the whole time. Like we're getting like PayPal scammers. We're getting other people like trying to hack into the system, steal money. Like, so as we're decentralizing this, like all of our funds are at, at risk. Like, you know, it, it, you have to start it with a centralized system. Uh, anybody that tells you otherwise is just wrong. Like the, because in software development, you know, like when you ship an iPhone, you can't like ship part of the phone and be like, don't worry, we'll add the other pieces later. You'll get your screen or the buttons like next week. You can't do that. But in software, you know, you basically have to, you have to ship this stuff as soon as you can out the market with a minimum viable product and just keep adding new stuff to it. And you're going to end up with technical debts and you're going to get something functioning. And in blockchain, you're going to get something functioning in a centralized manner. And then over time, you're going to have to decentralize it. But, you're, you're, but it's already, but now you're like, you know, building a decentralized battleship while driving the battleship, right? Like it, it, this, is, this is a complicated, multi-step, year-long process where you're getting attacked by all sides, people are trying to scam you, you have a community to run, poor development to do, and then by the way, even though it's not directly impacting our financials, we probably ought to figure out how to go do this decentralization stuff better at each step of the process. And fix, and, and like, oh, and that server just broke, so fix that too. You know, it's just like this endless stream. And don't get me wrong, this is, this is an amazing career, an amazing gig, but it's just like an infinite array of never-ending technical challenges. And like you said, there's not, you're not like waving a flag, yay, we're decentralized. Because then it's like, well, is your income decentralized? Is the earning decentralized? Are the tokens decentralized? Is the governance decentralized? Like how many different ways can you possibly make sure that not one bastard is in charge of this whole thing? And there's always gonna be somebody saying, you're wrong. You're not decentralized in any of those things. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need my definition. <laughs> there's always somebody that's pissed because there's always somebody that wants more money for less work and less investment. And they and somebody and like what somebody else is doing is directly opposed to what they want. And that's the beauty of this. The beauty is that there's eight million people that want eight million different things, and and that's what makes this thing so strong. But, you know, in the, as you're like sitting there in the middle of it as like the lead development team, you're just taking it from all sides. Give this more. No, give that more. Focus on this. Yes, but my investment's here, so focus on that. Buff this card. Weaken that one. It's just like, you know, no, we just do the best we can. Here's some government governance. You guys figure it out. That, that really highlights kind of how we come at it, where we're looking uh, at developers like you. I mean, literally, we look at you splinterlands and we're like what are the tools that they need 
to, to do what they want to do because it's so hard. There's so much missing. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we went, we went and built on Hive. And when we started on Hive, you know, like EOS didn't even exist at the time. You know, there, there weren't like other, that many other blockchains. And, we, we, you know, we built all this stuff. So we're like building a MetaMask clone. We're building a, um, I don't know, building payment systems. You know, you're trying to figure all this stuff out from scratch and, and it's hard, you know, it's it, the, um, you know, that's, that's why, you know, we're, we're out in front and we're able to be one of the biggest games in the space. And now we're, we're actually at a size where real AAA studios might care about us, but it took us three years to get here. And, and that, that was a slog. It's not like we're high-fiving each other the whole time and like just writing billion dollar Lambo checks. I mean, you know, there are days where you're like, are we even going to be here tomorrow? Know, you're just just doing your best to grow this thing i don't know it, it's just a ton of work to try to figure out each one of these steps and try to make just try to make the game incrementally better in all of these different categories and try to do so with as much fairness as you can with the spirit of community building you know like I, you know the fact that we're here is because our guys are so great and like the you know the players that love this game but you know, it's, it's really, it's been a challenge to make sure that, you know, there's rivalry and competition, but it's healthy and not like toxic. You know, so much of crypto could be really toxic. Um, you know, especially when you get into haves and have-nots and scams and rug pulls and all, like, I don't know. I think one of the best things we did was just start getting into like a weekly developers meeting because like a lot of that noise just went away. The noise went from like daily interruptions to like, dude, just ask me on Friday. You know, like, so now I don't have to answer like 8 billion questions throughout the week. They, they all, they all tune in, they all get the same answers. They all get it at the same time. And it kind of frees up us from like um, death by a million paper cuts. Are you talking about meetings between community members and yourself or develop like community developers? And, no, and no, no. Well, it's, it's everybody, you know, it's just like, here's, here's our office hours, you know, and we're going to record it. And it's every, every Friday at different times because we have an international audience. So it rotates every single week because you got to accommodate everybody. And, you know, sometimes it's third party developers. We formed a, a, a partnership with uh, Yield Guild Games and they come in and they'll talk about what they're doing because they're like a giant group. Um, you know, sometimes we'll get our, uh, uh, some of our employees to, to show what they're working on and show some of the development and get some player feedback before it goes live. Sometimes it's players asking financial questions, legal questions, gameplay questions whatever, whatever we can fit in, in like this one hour window, you guys can do whatever you want in that time. We go chronologically. And if it gets way too much, we'll go do something stake weighted. Like, oh, do you have enough governance tokens? Then we'll answer your questions first, you know? And then after that, it'll just be whatever. So I don't know, just tricky to, tricky to navigate this and um, just make sure that everybody's voice is heard. You know, you, you can only do your best and they're still going to call you a terrorist. You know, like there, somebody in that group is going to call you a terrorist. You, you are literally Hitler. You did not, that card has three attack power instead of two. You are literally Hitler. It's just going to happen. You know, you, you just like whatever, whatever emotional shields you need to put up, just put them up because somebody's going to do it. Welcome to crypto. Or, or facial hair shields. Like you clearly don't have a mustache. No, no, just just the chat. <laughs> uh, the other part, 
Uh, yeah, well, the, the difficulty level, I think, is definitely also a moat that protects your guys' lead. And uh, I couldn't be happier to see uh, you guys leveling up as you are. Nobody deserves it more. Uh, I want to be conscious of your time. I, I, I'm sure I can speak for Adam that we'd love to have you on regularly. Sure, um, whenever. So we can talk about things as they evolve and keep them keep the interviews kind of tight so that they're yeah. digestible. So yeah, that works. All right. I'll come back. Tell me when. Awesome. Friends of friends of Coinos, friends of friends of Android people. Thank Good you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Pleasure. See you Good soon. Thanks guys. Bye.